baby how's it going my child all right that's listening to this show (laughs) this is the michael dupree variety hour on every podcast provider in the whole damn world oh snap including yeah the pressure's on every podcast provider you've ever heard of google freaking play stitch stitcher freaking radio (laughs) you know I freaking tunes, you know, it's wow. all there. Uh, I fucking tunes. Mm. That's oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, yeah. That they they wanted me to make sure that I add a little edge to their their program because a- Apple's getting a little soft, you know. Yep. They they want yeah. they want kind of like a stronger element to them. So yeah, that's how it goes. The Michael Dupree Variety Hour, if you don't know, is an art showcase and comedy podcast. We feature local musicians from all around the Detroit area and beyond, mostly in the Detroit area, though, because that's where I live. And they, we have musicians and poets and artists and painters, all that. And, yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. And today is no different, I hope. I mean, the pressure is on, guys. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Today is conceivably no different. We have the local uh, uh, ska punk-ish band on the show, folk <laughs> punk kind of kind of vibes, complainer period on the show. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's thank a, you. That's thank officially you. how you have to say it. Yes, <laughs> complainer you. period. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, it's just complainer with a period at the end of it sometimes. <laughs> when the when the uh, promoter remembers to put it on the flyer, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, you know, we'll get a semicolon. Actually, wow. Uh, no, I do, I do that. that. Yeah, that is not happened that, by that, anyone professional. That is in our own. That, that is in that's house. actually just it's me. Uh, an inside joke. That I I've heard about inside jokes. I've always wanted to be a part of one. Uh, Maybe you can be today. Yeah. To, what today? There's there's enough. We could we could we could run through real quick. Can we just spend the whole hour? Uh, Having guys explain to me all your inside jokes, and maybe I'll, I'll well, pick which one I want to be a part of. So, so I think Micah is probably going to want to talk about actual band business, and that was in air quotes for those that can't see, which mm-hmm. is all of you. Or air semicolons. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Wow, but that would not oh. be a proper use of a semicolon. But mm. nonetheless, nonetheless, he's going to want to talk about actual real band things. Uh, but, that maybe. But what, what I'm here, maybe, maybe. What I'm here for, though, is, is, is for, the, for the jokes. Maybe we just need a, to get Micah out of here. Just a prank. <laughs> well, actually, well, one of the jokes is about that. Yeah, actually, that that's essential to okay. this whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> there is. Well, since this band started, when it was just kind of a solo thing, and I was enlisting Garrett as my help, he decided he was going to start an anti-complainer named Container. Container. We don't specifically know why, and this this is fairly. We talk about this a lot, but I think this is the first time I've ever allowed this to be discussed on air. Well, here's <laughs> the deal. I didn't come up with the name container. A friend of ours named Kevin, shout out to Kevin. Rest Kevin. In peace. I mean, he's alive. Bye, uh, Kevin. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> he, uh, he came up with the name container, and we were originally going to be, I think, just a complainer cover band uh, <laughs> that did things worse, okay? <laughs> uh, but it really became a lot more. Essentially, it's kind of a cult. 
mm. uh, where we all have the central belief that Micah Cotner, who is sitting in this room, mm-hmm. right needs, to my left, he needs to be contained. Contained. So there's these two natural forces in the universe, which is complaining and containing, kind of <laughs> like a yin and yang. He's complaining too much, and the result of that is that he's he's setting off the balance. So to oh. do that, we have to contain him, which can be whatever you would I- imagine it to be. Yeah. Uh, which could be putting him in a literal box, a box yeah. of some kind. Or chest. Could be, could be chaining him up in a basement. Okay. Uh, with with no real escape, um, ever. <laughs> uh, it, but that's it's really. And anyone, the, the rule is anyone can be in container except Micah. Oh. How do you feel about that, Micah? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop it. Yeah. You so have no control over it. At this point, I just have to let it, I have to let it exist and just hope that they're disorganized enough that nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. So you will never be contained. Exactly, exactly. The revolution is coming. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, uh, or you guys can introduce yourselves, because most of the people listening to this probably know who I am. I'm Michael Dupree. <laughs> I'm uh, five foot eight, and I, uh, in in the summertime, I like a uh, a nice big old glass of Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of Arnie Palmy myself. Arnie Palmy. Yeah, Arnie Palmy. <laughs> That's the proper way to say so, it. So uh, tell tell us uh, what the what your what your name is, what you do in the band, and uh, something you, uh, you you screwed up in the dryer or in the laundry once, like you put in the laundry and you shouldn't have done it, or something you would like to mess up in the laundry if you haven't done that before. Wow. All right. Um. So I am the aforementioned Micah Cotner, mm-hmm. and I, I've heard of you. Yeah. I so I play guitar and sing and compose all of the songs and I've never catastrophically destroyed anything in the laundry but I've mm-hmm. lost count at this point of how many receipts and cough drops cuz I blow up my voice a lot mm-hmm. I've destroyed in the laundry I'll just pull out a pair of pants and there's just this paper trail that just mm-hmm. falls out of my pocket so it's more of a quantity over quality thing as far as things I've destroyed in the laundry because it's just this it's like it adds up this unending paper trail. Yeah, adds up with all the cough drops. Has that ever destroyed a pair of pants? Or Somehow no. Wow. The packaging on those is solid. Nice. I, something about it. They've never like melted through or anything. Did you ever uh, continue to consume the cough drop? After it was in the laundry. I really hope I've never been that desperate, but I don't. <laughs> I can't rule it out. All right. I was well, sick for two and a half months straight. I that some, might have been it. I made. I, I, I did some things I probably shouldn't have done to my body. Yeah, like eat, put cough drops in uh, laundry detergent and, and consume them. Yeah. yeah, I'm not ruling it out, but I hope I, I hope I had the foresight not to do that. That's good. And next up, we have... We have Justin. I play drums. Drummer Justin. Yeah, and what I've messed up in the dryer <laughs> is I've melted my sheets. You, I did that too. I, that was one of the first things I did at my new apartment. It's like one of the first things I did at my new house. It's not a good feeling. It's sex. And then I've also taken like 50 complainer stickers and washed those too. <laughs> On purpose? On accident. Okay. Sometimes they need a good washing. Though. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wash that Squeaky clean. <laughs> that way they stick right. Yeah. And uh, last but maybe least. Uh, could it's, be. It's debatable. Yeah. Uh, but I am Garrett Doyle. 
Uh, Garrett Doyle. Yeah, I, mm. I play the good old the trombone and the keyboards, and I do a little yelling occasionally. Mm-hmm. When I'm Unwarranted, mic. or is it part of the music? Uh, both. Both, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm also really, I tell these these uh, great jokes. Uh, I, occasionally, you know, when we're setting up, we're running into some tef- technical difficulties, and mm-hmm. I, I just take that time to say a few jokes. What, what are some, what are, what's, what's a good joke that you got? Okay, this is, this is a classic one. Uh, you, you may have heard this before. And I'm, no, Micah, I, I know what you're fearing, and I'm not going to tell that one because that one's very long. <laughs> uh, but, okay, hear, hear me out. So this guy walks into a bar and says, ow. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like like a like a, lit- a literal bar. <laughs> it's a lot funnier when you explain it. Like a metal bar. <laughs> one could imagine this medical, not me- me- metal, this metal bar is positioned horizontally. Otherwise, it wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. But mm-hmm. maybe he ran into a vertical metal bar. But could, that's more of a pole. That's a pole, that's yeah. That's a pole, so it's really not a bar. A what is the difference between a bar and a pole? I, I think it's the vertical verti- orientation. Yeah, okay, I think you're right about and that. Yeah. Do you have like a non-metal but, but, pole? But then again, yeah. no, yeah. because uh, when you when you like jail bars, like bars, at, uh, like but yeah, we call we call those bars, but yeah, they are vertical. They're vertical. Maybe it's about attachment to the ground, okay? Because a lot of the times jail bars are well, yeah, maybe, jail bars. Some, some of those are attached to the the floor though, so. Hmm. But and, it's, the, and the ceiling. Maybe bar, maybe it's weight or like a width. Maybe maybe it's because of the network of them, right? Maybe. maybe. The uh, a single bar would might be called a pole, right? But if you put a network of them together, or if you put it horizontally, and then they're also within a unit. There's still a bottom. Um, there, it's more of a window. There's a bottom Fine. thing that all the bars are uh, attached to, and a top thing right. so in order for the doors to open so and close. They're never they're never screwed sort of to the ground. So, so a, a bar is defined by what it's around, much like us. That's moral. a great joke, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moral of the stories are really great good jokes. Joke. So, uh, and, and, and have you ever messed anything up in the laundry? Well, when I was younger, uh, much younger, I used to leave crayons in my pockets all the time. Oof, me too. Uh, Still but do these days, how I mess up my laundry is I put it in the dryer and I never get it out. <laughs> oh. It's not catastrophic. It's just I have wrinkled clothes all the time. Yep. And, and that's really the summary of my life. I have the issue where I, I take the clothes out of the dryer, but I used to fold them as they're coming out of the dryer. You know, I was all nice about it, but... Now that I have a communal dryer, I just kind of throw them on the laundry basket, and they never get folded. I've never folded my laundry. <laughs> never? Really? <laughs> never had to. Is that like a principal thing or? Laziness. Pure yeah. laziness. Mm-hmm. I do it about 25% of the time. Your, your shirt doesn't look very too wrinkled. This hangs up. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one thing. Yep. <laughs> That's the one thing you hang up. Everything else is just wrinkled and mess. Yeah, it's, it's, Great. it's pretty bad. So uh, tell me a little bit about, tell me and anyone who's listening, but mostly me, focus on me. Uh, <laughs> tell us about Complainer. What is Complainer? So Complainer is a lot of ish, like, mm-hmm. as you were trying to describe it. It's, it's, it's um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. We, uh, I started, a, I was in a ska band in high school. That ska band dissolved. I had a bunch of songs and a mm-hmm. trombone player that I had nothing else to do with. And I sold my amp a while ago at the time, and I had an acoustic guitar. And mm-hmm. so I started writing acoustic guitar songs after discovering that folk punk was a thing. Yep. And sort of moved on from there, and then eventually it's sort of overblown into this weird hybrid of a bunch of different um, musical ideas. But How, um, how did uh, everybody come together? Um, mostly just meeting them through happenstance. I met 
Garrett and I went to high school together, and we met through some sort of mentoring program. Mm -hmm. We we were both in the uh, aforementioned ska band. Yep, and we formed the ska band out of that. And he's the trombone player. I had nothing. I had nothing better to do with. (laughs) And then I met Justin in his home or closer to his hometown. We actually live about an hour away from each other. And he, um, I was playing by myself, and he asked if I had ever wanted to make this full band. I told him I do, but I needed a drummer. And mm-hmm. he had a bass player, and he—he's uh, like, go figure. Yeah, he's yeah. like, go figure. I'm a drummer, <laughs> and so we started playing together. And then our bass player, Dan, is—he's um, not here, but it was a similar situation where I just met him while performing, and mm-hmm. he was willing to play bass. And we have a few other musicians who will occasionally fill in from time to time. Our friends in Labor Day weekend are fantastic mm-hmm. with that; they know all of our songs at this point. And um, it's sort of just that thing. It's just like I'll put these songs together on my computer and then I'll just teach people it. And I have a few people, like Garrett and Justin and Dan, who will stick around consistently. But um, it's sort of just like throwing ideas at people and yeah. just seeing who's going to stick with me mm-hmm. throughout this. And that's a lot of it. It's very like haphazard and a little sloppy, but it's, it's a lot of fun and it's really, really weird and hard to explain. <laughs> Where are you guys all from? So, Garrett and I are from Ypsilanti. Y- okay. Ypsilanti. But don't don't actually say Ypsilanti. Yeah, that is not correct. Ypsilanti. It is Ypsilanti. Ypsil. Justin? And then I am from Royal Oak. Royal Oak. Ooh, baby. Uh, I was just yeah. out there last night. Yeah, How was right. that? I seen Princess Mononoke at the main art. Oh, that's hype. Oh. That was cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you like Royal Oak? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I don't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. There's a lot of stuff just walking around. So, um, how did you guys meet then? If you if you're from Ypsilanti and you're from Royal Oak, I was playing another show with my other band, and mm-hmm. then I don't know. I just watched him play, and then I like loved it so much. I started talking to him right after he started playing. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm drinks, gonna be a part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he said no. So um. So when you where where does the name complainer come from? Oh. <laughs> Well, funny story. Here, here's the deal. <laughs> back, back in the day, I uh, around the time we were forming the band, if you, uh, it, it, it just we didn't. I mean, it, as it came about here, uh, my Twitter name was compl- complainer because, well, let's be honest, it's it's what I do best, <laughs> um, and it's about it's what I'm about to do, frankly. Uh, so mm-hmm. then, Micah, as we're forming this thing, he's like, you know, well, we, first we call it the Garrett Doyle Experience. That was our first <laughs> show. We were the Garrett Doyle Experience, <laughs> and it reflected that, you know. It was... Uh, so kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Micah was like, we should have a real name, and I was like, yeah, it's, I don't really do much in the band, frankly. I mean, in terms of, like, actual effort. So uh, it really, really shouldn't reflect my name at all. Uh, but... So Micah was like, you know, your, your true name's Complainer. That'd make a great name because we do a lot of that. And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, okay, well, that can't be your Twitter name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which may have a little bit to do with where Container uh, came it's, from oh God. in the ethos. <laughs> yeah, so it, I think it, I did bring it upon myself. I think retroactive, retroactively I like to pretend that I'm angry at him about this. I don't really care because I change Twitter names every two weeks. But, <laughs> you know, it's I, I like to imagine that I, I was angry. I don't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. Not even for a second. You said, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> yeah. What is, was that? Your Twitter handle or your Twitter name? No, it was just the naming. You see that? that okay. That's why it wasn't a, actually a big deal. Oh, okay. But again, you have to 
one must imagine it was a big deal to to a <laughs> theoretical Garrett. Theor- hypothetical Garrett. Yeah. All right. So what is this first song that you guys will be performing? Uh, this first song is a song we actually just finished recording uh, full band, but I put out um, as the band was starting mm-hmm. on an EP that I recorded in my bedroom. I creatively titled the Bedroom EP. Mm-hmm. It's the first song I wrote for this project before everything else was just uh, repurposed ska songs. And this one's called Drunk Again. It's about drinking in a shitty apartment. Great. Uh, Here is Complainer with Drunk Again. Fresh and beautiful. Thank you guys for showing me that. Of course. <laughs> yeah, thank, of course. thank you for giving that to me. Usually, <laughs> usually I'm not playing kazoo, but uh, yeah, that's another thing. very loud. You did a very good job with the kazoo. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically an expert at this. What point. is the kazoo but a tiny plastic trombone? Exactly, it, yeah. Well, in terms of <laughs> attitude, yes. They are functionally the same instrument. Yeah. Because if a trombone player is trying hard, they probably just should have played trumpet. Mm-hmm. You know? What is what's easier to play the kazoo or the trombone? Uh, frankly, at this point, uh, the trom- the trombone just because the kazoo like you have to be able to hit the note with your voice. Yeah, uh, which is really something I try to never do is actually hit notes. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> no, we just shout. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, the trombone's a little bit easier in that regard. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So how does the songwriting process typically go for you guys? <laughs> I'll get really sad about something. And mm-hmm. then I'll write some thoughts about it, and then I'll forget about it for a while. Yeah. And then I'll start 
playing on a guitar, and I'll go, that sounds like a song, and I'll start, <laughs> uh, I'll put it together all on my computer, because the 21st century is amazing, mm-hmm. and then... What, what do you mean you put it together? You record each part individually, yeah, like... I, uh, yeah, I record everything mm-hmm. in my bedroom by myself, and it's just available, and it's it's a finished song, not not necessarily good sounding, but all mm-hmm. the parts are there, all the things from pen to paper are right there, and I can just do this by myself, mm-hmm. and then I will have these ideas, and I'll bring them forward to the band and we'll sort of get it into a live sound that's not a bunch of weird chip tunes since cause yeah. right now I'm not a huge <laughs> kick of that so there's way too much of that and everything that I'm recording that's a classic sound it's the old the old chip tuny synths it's <laughs> phenomenal and it's a lot of fun and they all just it's, it's a very clear sound so I know what mm-hmm. I did so what are your guys some of your guys uh, musical influences um mm-hmm. they all different or do you guys kind of well, have like a uh cohesive like i uh i am uh i i might the first like major band that i ever just like fell in love with was streetlight manifesto mm. i don't do you know them yes yeah, yeah yeah so for those that don't they're like a ska band but actually good mm-hmm. um <laughs> and don't get me wrong i love ska but yeah. you know uh you gotta you gotta be realistic here mm-hmm. uh, but you know they're they're just they, they're amazing and that's like part of why i was like oh wait someone wants to me to play trombone in a ska band Heck yeah! Did you play trombone first, and then? Uh, yeah, keyboards were just a thing because M- Micah wanted some more synthy sounds, and I know note names. Mm-hmm. So with you take that and you add a keyboard to it, and eventually you kind of figure things out. It just works itself out naturally. Did you did you learn uh, trombone because you were going to be in a ska band, or did you already know it? Right? I already knew it because I I started in sixth grade as as many do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah so i just kept with it I, I i didn't play in college but i've kept doing this yeah so i'm i'm, I'm glad because i enjoy playing trombone you don't enjoy playing trombone no, i do i do oh. <laughs> no, I, no actually well well fuck trombone but also it's a great instrument okay <laughs> very good very good to know uh, what about what about you justin who are some um, of your musical influences well, i started music i started watching wayne's world when i was about five <laughs> and then my i started imitating uh dana's harvey's drum solo with excellent. bands. Yep. <laughs> and then I got my first drum set when I was like six. Mm-hmm. And then... And then the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> what What are some uh, musicians that you uh, maybe not emulate but try, draw inspiration from? Uh, I like the Lawrence Arms. The what? The Lawrence Arms. They're oh. kind of like... Uh, they're from Chicago-based. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Alkaline Trio. Ooh. Alkaline so, Trio is very good. Brendan Kelly has <laughs> a few other projects. Mm-hmm. All pretty great. Heck yeah, baby. (laughs) And Micah? Um, It's kind of funny you keep saying heck yeah, baby, because a big influence of mine lately has been Chris Farron. Chris Farron. Whose tag is Yes Baby. He was originally from the band Fake Problems, but he sort of developed this cult of personality around himself, so he was able to create a solo project from it in his band. Like Jeff Mangum. A little bit, actually. (laughs) Um, His, uh, uh, his him and his best friend Jeff Rosenstock who is another massive influence of mine I'll touch on him in a second they formed Antarctica Vespucci and the songs are also very weird um, self-deprecating fuzzy odd pop songs with a lot of like synthesizers and weird instruments and blips coming in and out and like no like there's a through line but there's no like star of it except for just the the person Mm -hmm. himself and then just the songwriting and there's a lot more focus on that than like guitar solos or something like that and then jeff rosenstock is kind of the reason i do this he his band bombed the music industry um that's illegal bombing things yeah (laughs) 
I think it's a That's metaphor. very punk. Yes. They, they, <laughs> Bomb the Music Industry is one of the most... It is about as punk as a white dude can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, which is a whole other tangent. But he does he did everything by himself in his bedroom he gave all of his music away for free they didn't they didn't have merch for the first like five years of mm-hmm. their existence they made people t-shirts they made they insisted on all ages shows that were five dollars or less they did not want to play and they never played a show that was more than ten dollars and their songs are phenomenal and they're weird and they're all over the place and jeff rosenstock is a genius he's doing a, he's on doing solo stuff now and each record he's put out is phenomenal mm-hmm. and kind of life-changing and we actually i started doing complainer stuff and wanting to do um non-metal because i did that for a couple of years after i read a noisy article uh detailing bomb music industries double breakup shows and the only reason they did double breakup shows is that the first breakup show sold out in an hour and a half so they wow. had to book a second night they're like, well, we're trying to break up, but you guys want to keep listening to us. Yeah, that was that. That was a whole thing that really messed him up, and he has. I identify with that a lot as well. Where it's just like it's this. It was kind of a self-imposed failure, but then like he keep the just constant small reminders that things are things almost work out. And yeah. In, in his case, yeah, it was he. Uh, the he the band was like, yeah, we got to end this. It's just not working out anymore. They a bunch of them moved, and then. Yeah, he he talked about this. Like, why on earth couldn't this have always been like this? Why were we having to grind and struggle and claw and scream? And then all and of then, a sudden we're selling out yeah, our breakup we, shows. Yeah, and we sold out our breakup show faster than some major label bands did. Wow. And so yeah, that if there there's that, um, those two individuals have had a huge impact on me lately. And then also Australia Manifesto though that Thomas Kanalki and that that whole ensemble are just. They, they did something to a genre that was traditionally extremely cheesy ska mm-hmm. music and made it kind of artistic. I know a lot of people that say they hate ska, but still listen to Australia Manifesto. I don't know a lot of people that say they hate ska. It's always kind of like a fun genre, that's in my true. opinion. <laughs> There's a lot of people that hate fun. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's yeah, very true. They, they, they think something that's childish and gleeful, they view that as like immature or and immature. Yeah, yeah. yeah, people people have a very... Uh, a desperate need to seem more grown up than they yeah. are, but they're oh, they're boring to be around. That's why right? we have all these terrible YouTube acoustic covers of uh, '90s hip hop songs. Yeah, trying Ooh. to find a deeper meaning, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that should. Yeah, it, yeah. If you're a white guy with an acoustic guitar, please don't cover any hip hop song. <laughs> it's not. Fr- I like big butts and I cannot lie. Were we just trying to do something? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. We. That yeah, there's just there. It's, uh. You can cover Eminem. No. <laughs> if you really wanted Ooh. to. Yeah. Ooh, but do you? I've never heard a cover that sounds good, particularly because it's always like four chords, mm-hmm. really basic. You cover stuff. of a rap song. You mean. And then yeah, cover of these rap songs and like, yeah, and then also it's just really gross cultural appropriation, yep. especially if you're. Yeah, if you're if you're a white person, don't cover a Kendrick Lamar song because I guarantee you're missing the point. <laughs> Sit down and be humble. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, it it, it, it exists. Oh, but I'm it sure. Mean it should. Walk off the earth. I'm sure has covered every Kendrick Lamar song yeah. ever. Um, so you guys have re- was it last year you released an album yep. uh, called And I? Yes. 
Uh, tell us a little bit, a little little bit about this album. At first, I, I was listening to it last night, and I was wondering, like, I wonder why it's called "And I." And then I listened to it again, and I was like, oh, because he says "And I" a lot. In it. That's, <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I don't know how this didn't make it in the liner notes. I sent my friend Mackenzie um, from Denver. He's in a band called Finding Common Ground. They're phenomenal. You should go look them up. But uh, I just sent him some demos mm-hmm. for. Uh, just some input and see what he thought and he's you know gave me some notes and then he goes um i enjoy these but you might as well just name the record and i <laughs> and so i did oh so that wasn't like you weren't going into it like thing like using that as kind of like a theme yeah it's just was, like you say it a lot <laughs> i said it a lot and then so i made sure when i actually tracked it to make sure that it happened um, oh, okay early on in a lot of the songs yeah it, that's the, the first two words of the record are and i yeah and that was on purpose. I could have changed it, or and a, a couple, uh, a couple other songs they feature you saying "and I" a whole lot too. Mm-hmm. Like All of them with... at some point. They, they do. Okay. And I, okay. I, uh, which has made writing this new record interesting because now I have to make sure I don't do that. Yeah, like, okay. Then at this point it gets lazy. Like it's, you do it once and it's kind of a fun gimmick. And then uh, I like... forget what song it is. You go "and you" and I'm like "ooh," <laughs> like "ooh." There's the there's the uh, kind of turning it back on you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, t- tell me tell me a little bit about the. Uh, uh, kind of the inception of this album and like uh, where w- what you feel like it is about thematically um thematically a lot of it ended up um being about just sort of growing a little bit older mm-hmm. um just and yeah g- going into adulthood kicking and screaming a little bit that's why you have the balloons and the brightness but then there's also a bottle of whiskey and beer yeah and like did you get face. those like how did you get those balloons made that are on the album art um i found them online and really the, the internet is amazing there's just, just an ampersand looking. balloon <laughs> yeah ampersand balloon that i st- i bought two because i just there i just didn't so believe rare. it yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I, so rare or just it was so hard to find I was like this is perfect i need a few of these yeah um yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. Just a yeah, a weird poster. The guy Thomas Ulch, he has a lot of like horror themed stuff too. Mm-hmm. But then he also has a four year old daughter, I think. <laughs> so he's got a lot of stuff for her. And yeah. So we just kind of combined all of that stuff, and then a few things I had I have counterbalancing background and just sort of yeah, a little bit of darkness, mm-hmm. but then also a little bit of a uh, a little bit just goofy stuff. It's kind of like what folk punk is in general. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Folk punk and a lot of ska yeah. is just very self-deprecating and dark. And so, yeah, a lot of the record is just about growing pains in general, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, having just re- and then realizing a few things that are just aren't gonna go away. I'm not gonna stop being cynical. Yeah. Even even when I'm happy or just a lot of my general viewpoints. It's a little unfocused too, which is also a bit of myself. I just had a hard time at the time really focusing on any one project, which is, yeah. So being unfocused, having to grow up and having to deal with it or not to deal with it in this case, really, I think there's a lot of unresolved feelings coming through on the record. One thing that I noticed a lot listening to it, um, especially since and I is like such like a prominent thing in it is that the, listening through it 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 feels almost like one track um and not in like a it feels like a run-on sentence but it feels like kind of like a uh like a continuous like conversation almost throughout it um would you say that's intentional it's unsurprising it did help that i recorded all of these i recorded all of the uh 
vocals all at once after all the instruments were done or basically done and it was during a super like dark period of my life it was the beginning of uh, a few things in my life actually deteriorating even though some of these songs are old I went into them with this perspective of just like I am my I've made what I'm doing right now is maybe a mistake Mm -hmm. I just I graduated college and I had moved in with now an ex yeah and we were and this is when I was starting to realize that both of those things I messed up about Mm -hmm. and I was so I think that comes through a little bit in the the specific way I delivered things and the way I uh had had um yeah and I had the lyrics written down was just like I don't know what I'm doing right now and mm-hmm. this is kind of all I have so I'm just gonna yeah deliver it as hard as I can and but yeah as far as the through line things I also like it when records do that so I just wanted to yeah. make sure nothing felt particularly out of place even though that's why it's only seven songs long it's, all seven of those songs were meant to be there even though I had more songs written yeah um, so it was a little bit intentional but it was also just sort of the way it fell because it was it was a little more we just we made the record carefully and made Mm -hmm. sure everything was consistent it wasn't like we recorded um you know drums over the course of a month that was done all in one day yeah bass and guitar was done all in one day and vocals were done over the course of two days back to back Mm -hmm. like recorded one quarter come one night and then the next night i came back after going to work and it was kind of all that done that way as it was just we made this as fast as we could that must have been kind of like a head rush almost like getting all that (laughs) done in in just two days it was very intense um especially for me because at the time we didn't have a bass player and a Mm -hmm. lot of synthesizers i'm still i i uh i'm i wrote so i did we recorded everything in the total of like 24 hours or something like that not a very long time to record seven songs at all and yeah we were just i was sort of just locked in this basement with patrick our uh engineer mm-hmm. and just hammering things out as quick and hard as we could and we both had that and there were a couple nights where we just sort of had to sit there for like 45 minutes like we punched out and instead of me just going home I just like would like sit there and help him clean up the studio because I needed to like decompress so it was intense but was there I apologize if you already said this but was there a reason that it had to be done that fast or are you just like you you felt you were feeling it and yeah you had to get it out we were just doing it Patrick and I early on uh just clicked super mm-hmm. hard and so we um we were it was just we were getting there done and then we ended up just like we were doing this and doing this and then we would just yeah go go outside he would smoke a cigarette and i would sort of drink some tea and recoup a little bit and goes oh have you thought about doing this i have uh actually uh, there's a lot of hammond organ on the record Mm -hmm. and that was basically happenstance i didn't know at the time whether or not i wanted any and he goes let me show you something i think Either way, he just brought up the fact that he had this organ, mm-hmm. and he thought it'd be cool if it was on there, and now I can't imagine hearing the record without it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was just a lot of that. It just sort of, like, everything came together, and it was super hyper-focused, um, and and it came out as a very cohesive but scatterbrained package, because um, it, was, it, was it was very close-knit, um, and it was hectic. It took a lot out of me. Yeah. Take, it took a while to recoup from that. <laughs> yeah, about a whole summer. Oh, boy. I did it in June, um, and I was working full-time as well. Mm-hmm. So I would get off work, go to the studio, mm-hmm. get off work, and we play, and I, it was nothing but that. I would just 
be recovering from recording or recording, <laughs> basically. So uh, what is next for Complainer? So you said you're recording another album? We're, so we just finished recording Drunk Again and then one other song off the Bedroom EP, and I've got a few releases in the works that I can't talk about yet because they involve... Uh, they they involve some other entities, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. We're Katy Perry. <laughs> more um, more charity organizations, but the people. Katy Perry. <laughs> I was uh, hoping for Katy Perry. We had to settle for a little bit less, but I think you'll like what you uh, what you find. I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> he has but, to say that. <laughs> but we've got um, at the end of the at the end of the summer in August, we're going on a tour that has yet to be announced. But we'll be we'll be out of state a little bit more, and then we've got. July or sorry, June sixteenth. We're in Flint for Vehicle City Fest on the, the Friday. We're playing at Tenacity Brewing at about eight o'clock. But you should stay for the whole night because it's what what day is that? Uh, Friday. This June, upcoming Friday. Uh, uh, Friday, June sixteenth. So, oh, yep, okay. Well, the Friday. episode will have not been aired yet. Not yet. Sorry. Okay, yeah, so no. we'll have just finished playing. This episode's on June twenty sixth. All right. So. <laughs> In that case, July... I should have said that before. <laughs> it's all right. July 6th, we are at the Sanctuary with our really good friends in Pancho Villa Skull, and then hey. Rent Strike and Cousin Bonus are coming from out of state. Mm. And then we will also have uh, a show... We'll have uh, a couple Ypsilanti house shows in that time period, and then... Um, the oh actually by this time yeah the festival in Ann Arbor called Rockamora we're also mm-hmm. now a part of it's a big co-op festival the Nakamura Co-op and the compilation and then a few just keep an eye out for a few charity compilations that's what we're doing a lot of right now I'm I'm big on that and we have these songs so we're gonna be donating around to that so I guess mainly you'll because I don't a lot of this is out of my control you'll have to just look up uh, complainer sucks for everything okay s-u-x on facebook uh s-u-c-k-s on the other two that allow that because <laughs> apparently sucks is a swear word so apparently. you can have that on a facebook url so just you'll have to keep an eye out on facebook but we're playing some show we're basically playing shows um heading out of state a little bit and whenever i have downtime i'm working on a new record cool all right and so what is this next song that you guys are going to be playing this next song is off of that new record um it is called It's Going to Be a Long Walk Home. Mm-hmm. It's about. It's a little bit more about the growing pains thing. It's about uh, just cutting shitty people out of your life, which is a weird thing to do when you've grown up with them. Yep. Be a bad idea, but I think 
deeper than water But at this point I, I don't really care baby oh yeah thank you guys so much for being on the show today that was wonderful you are excellent babies (laughs) (laughs) all right well i I know i started on the wrong octave at least three times that's okay (laughs) yeah but you know i appreciate it well i appreciate your honesty (laughs) you are no longer ever welcome on the show again garrett (laughs) good Well, thank you guys again for being on the show. Make sure you guys follow Complainer on all their social media, Complainer Sucks, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, uh, with an X on the Facebook one. And uh, Complainer, is it just Complainer on Bandcamp? Or is it Complainer Sucks there too? Complainer MI. Complainer MI? Oh, Michigan, yeah. Yeah, it's right here. What's it for? I wonder. Um, And yeah, thank you guys again. Have a wonderful wonderful Saturday. Oh, yeah. Don't don't sweat too much. Air conditioning went out in my car, so oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh god, sad boy. I don't even have air conditioning. So. Yeah. Well, well, I mean in my car I do, but not in my apartment. Well, Ooh. well, no. There, there's there's a unit. It works sometimes. It depends. I think my house is like 65. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, will be back what? after this brief break. Welcome back to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the world. We just had Complainer on the show. They are wonderful. Make sure you find them anywhere you want to listen to them. They're on Spotify, too. I don't think we mentioned that. So, want to support them on Spotify? Want to add them to your Scrabble list on Last FM? You know, show your friends that you're listening to great local music. Do that. But now we are also joined by a, he's a law of attraction master coach. He is a motivational entrepreneur. His name is Jordan Raffaello. Raffaello. 
Raffaello. Yes. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Yes, you're very you're very large in a. Uh, you're not too much bigger than me physically, but you have a large presence about you. I get that a lot. People say that I appear larger in person than in mm-hmm. my in my photos, but you know maybe it's my aura. Yeah, it's your. It might be your aura. It's maybe like, we can get work on your aura, getting a little bit bigger too. What are you seeing with my aura? Um, I'm seeing uh, what I'm actually feeling more than seeing is uh, something beautiful. Oh, really? Uh, I'm really enjoying your presence. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, you feel I'm good. Good. Okay. So I'm not. Uh, I, I don't have like a bad aura. No, no, I, I love your art. In fact, um, can we do something? Well, yeah, let's do something. What, what, what did you have in mind? This is a hand hug. I want to hand hug you. A hand hug? Yeah, like this. Oh. Kind of just... Uh. Our hands are both outstretched and and just cupped in each other's. Yeah, this is very nice. It's a hand yeah. hug, yeah. Feels oh, good. Yeah, I, I can feel your aura, I think. I, there you go. It, it's, That's it, what it I It feels like lemons. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's refreshing is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, yes. it's very, very refreshing. Yeah. Um, so you're a former pro athlete. You uh, used to used to uh, be a badminton star. Badminton player, knocking around shuttlecocks. That was that the word? Uh, that's yep. Yeah, birdie is what uh, some people call it. I think the, that that's probably a more appropriate yeah. way of putting it. It's more exciting. Yeah, that's for sure. Shuttlecock. Yeah, definitely sounds more technical. Very. Yeah. Well, so uh, what what made you uh, stop doing? Uh, Badminton and moving over to motivational entrepreneurship. Well, I um, I am a motivator, but I do like to prefer um, I prefer to call it attitude entrepreneur. Attitude entrepreneur, right? Okay, and um, and that's part of uh, my latest book. But we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, why I got out of it was because um, it was time for me to start contributing to society in a more meaningful way, mm. and uh, to start showing myself that I can. Uh, do different things, make more money. I happen to have what I found out after college was that I have expensive taste. Mm. And you can't you can't just dial that back. You gotta you gotta indulge. You gotta do what makes you happy. Yes. You gotta mm. do what is interesting to you. Mm-hmm. So um, so when so that being an attitude entrepreneur um, paid the bills. Eventually, mm-hmm. that really hit off. Uh, but in in the time between school and where I am today, I did have to try out uh, many different jobs to um, explore where my talents were. Um, I went to school for furniture design. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to spend a few beautiful years in Florence, Italy, studying Ooh. that there. Uh, Realized after my parents spent a lot of money for that, that uh, while I was decent at it, it just it wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. I traveled around a little bit. I worked at a quinoa farm in Peru. Ooh, a quinoa farm. Yes. How'd you, how'd you land that gig? Um, some traveling bohemians that I met um, while I was in Italy, uh, they told me that they did a, a work program there and uh, convinced me to go back with them. So I was in Peru for um, for about six months before I realized that it was, um, while it was a quinoa farm, it was also what some people call a cult. A cult? And you weren't into the cult part? I had to get out. What was up? What, what, what kind of cult was it? Um, a religious cult. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was a, a religious cult and um, I don't want to use the organization's 
leader's name mm-hmm. here, um, but uh, he's a fake name. Um, we'll just call him the the ringleader of that group. Okay. Um, no harm came to me while I was there. Okay. Um, no harm came to the people I loved. Who are there are some people who I still consider friends who are mm-hmm. still there, but we just can't talk. No, can't they, they won't. They're not allowed to talk to you. Um, or you're not allowed to talk to them. It's uh, kind of a mutual decision. Well, to, to be safe, we'll just say it was a mutual decision. Okay. But what you said is right. Which one? <laughs> the first one. Okay, <laughs> I see. So, um, then in, I, in addition to... Uh, uh, go ahead. You, you had something oh, else. no. Well, I was just going to say, so I, I did that. I was a nanny in Ohio, You were California a nanny. for a while. Yes, for three lovely children. What happened to them? Um, they're doing their own thing right now. Um, oh. Family's still great. Um, hey, Rebecca, Carly, and Jonathan. They, um, that's they, a shout out to them. They'll probably listen to this show. How old are they now? They are 8, 11, and 5. 8, 11, eight, and 5. That's weird that you put yeah. it in that order. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I, for a while, I uh, interned at a radio show in Santa Fe, New Mexico, until oh. I hosted for a couple episodes. Oh, how did that go? Um, it, it went pretty well. And actually, that's, it was during that, that time that I got to um, have the privilege of hosting that I um, started sharing what I had learned about the law of attraction and mm. about uh, the science behind success that uh, I really began to develop a, an online social presence, um, started writing a blog. I gained about 70,000 email followers um, to my email newsletter and uh, I started doing some YouTube videos, started writing some books and three books later and here I am on the Michael Dupre Variety Hour. So let's talk about your your book, The Law. Uh, uh, it's, your, it's your new bestseller. It's called uh, Reverse Engineering Your Attitude, A Law of Attraction Masterclass. Now you have two other books that you wrote, yeah. uh, the An, An, An Aeronaut's Tea Party, Your Guide to Becoming a Galactic Lucid Dreamer and Smizing and Other Soft Skills, but this is your first book about the attraction, uh, the law of attraction. That's right. Uh, this is really uh, the culmination of of my life work in my adulthood, and um, I'm really proud of it. Uh, it it gets more specific into practicing well the law of attraction. It's it's not an introductory book, and uh, for people who are just getting into it. It's not a first time read on the law of attraction. It's for students who have been studying it and practicing it for a while. Mm. Uh, we get into into more detailed um, explanations and, and lessons to go out there and, and actually practice and get results. Mm. So uh, if it's not for beginners. What you're saying. It's not. So for instance, um, it in the title is reverse engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what we look at is, um, and, and it re- th- is you're reverse engineering the r- cause of what is happening to you right now. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, and this is not an example from the book, but it's just uh, a good example, is you are in traffic. Okay. And you're having a bad commute to work. Yes. You get to the parking lot. You can't find anything. So you have to park 
off-site and run over. Mm-hmm. You get your off to kind of a what you might consider a bad day. I would call it neither bad nor good. I would just call it your choice for the day. So the reverse engineering component will have you stop, take a deep breath, and look back to exactly what you did to cause those things to happen. Mm. Now, that's a very simple example of where we can get into because maybe the answer is, well, you got up late. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But Maybe your dog died. Maybe that your dog died. And you didn't feed your dog. Maybe didn't feed your, feed your dog. And what the reverse engineering method would say is, why didn't you not feed your dog? And it could go back to maybe you having an issue with eating yourself. Are you not Ooh. feeding yourself enough knowledge? Are you not feeding yourself enough empathy? Mm. <laughs> Are you not feeding yourself enough interest in your in your own family because your dog is your family also right yeah so what do you do about it well what do you do about what the getting about anything or about getting to work <laughs> on time yeah about when, when you just when you when you uh pinpoint what you feel like the issue is how do you fix it you fix it by going back to the most general and specific at the same time vibration that got you into that place so everything we know because of physics we know everything is um matter in vibration yes right we are matter and we are vibrating at a certain rate Mm -hmm. what happens to us in our lives or rather what i like to believe is that what we do in our lives or intentionally or unintentionally in our lives um places us in a vibrational frequency that aligns us with with uh, certain encounters in life, and we what we affect vibrationally, we receive causatively in vibration also. Like a cicada. That's beautifully put. <laughs> yes, like the cicada. Mm-hmm. We don't hear it. The the sound that the chirping and clicking that our mental state is vibrating at. Maybe we're vibrating in a state a state of procrastination, mm-hmm. or in a state of believing that people don't like us yes or that we don't like other people I hear this term get thrown a lot around is uh i just hate everybody i hear that a lot too hear that a lot it's very it's 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 a it's an issue so maybe we can reverse engineer that together so maybe they don't hate everybody they maybe hate the act of going outside well i'm I'm sure that they like being out of the house and being able to go out and interact with an environment that is beautiful Mm -hmm. and that's friendly, but they're not thinking that. Maybe they are of the mindset that people out there are not paying attention to me. People out there are not good to me. I've had see me. They might write that someone might think that, well, gee, um, whenever I bring my car to get an oil change or repair, the mechanics are rude to me mm-hmm. they don't do a good job and then they overcharge me yeah and and then they try to sell me more right that's right they try to sell me more they just want more of my money and i a person who thinks that way i believe is thinking similarly about every encounter and situation in their life mm-hmm. so they're in a vibrational frequency of receiving unpleasant 
circumstances and, and unpleasant encounters in their lives. Mm-hmm. And this book helps us to reverse engineer why we're doing that and then to shift your vibration into one that puts you into harmony with what you really want. Have you ever killed anybody? Why have you heard rumors? I have. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I haven't killed anybody, but I will say that I'm not opposed to the idea, but I'm not looking for I'm not looking for that to happen either. Because you have uh, you're, you're, you seem like a normal person until you smile and then you, you have like a murderer's smile. Well, maybe we can reverse that reverse engineer that into uh, my own personal uh, thoughts about your own personal thoughts yeah. about me. Into right, let's, let's reverse engineer it then. How, let, walk me through it. Um, do you feel unsafe right now? Yes. Do you feel... It's probably because you're standing over me and I'm sitting. And Right. And, um, I realize that there's a mic turned on for me that I should be using across the table. I'm using your microphone. That might make people uncomfortable. Yes. Um, I also realize that I never got out of the hand hug position with you. Yes. We're still, you're still (laughs) at this point, you're twisting my wrist back. Um, well, let's maybe try to relax a little bit, um, while we reverse engineer this with a little bit of a massage. Okay. Right. Is that too deep? Yeah. Okay. So I can see now why you might be feeling unsafe. Yes. Um, so I'll just get back into my own seat over here and. Okay. All right. Now you're, now you're you sitting at your own microphone. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so help me. Yeah. So what is it about you, about me that made me feel that you were a murderer? Well, you probably, well, that's for you to know. I, I, I have to self-reflect that. That's yeah. That is definitely for you to self reflect, (laughs) but you're also bringing it upon yourself. You put it out there vibrationally Mm -hmm. for you to feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. You put it out there vibrationally for someone to stand over you. Um, Did I? And well, it happened. So you're the creator of your own reality, just like I am. And we both somehow were drawn together by the universe for that exact event to happen. So you're in, in your opinion, n- no one is responsible for their own actions, but I'm responsible for everyone else's actions. Well, you're responsible for your own action, and everyone's responsible for their own actions and and what happens to them. So, but you said, but you said that I was putting out vibrations for you to stand over me. Well, you were putting out vibrations for to attract someone to stand over you, and I must mm-hmm. have been putting out vibrations to be really close to somebody today. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe I needed to feel better about myself. And so because we're in a vibrational frequency to harmonize the getting of our wants, ta-da. <laughs> can you consciously uh, control your vibrations or is it just part Absolutely. of your personality? Absolutely. Consci- you can. You can. Because uh, I wasn't consciously putting out vibrations to have you stand up. Well, of me. course not. And... Um, and you just said something interesting, or is it part of your personality? Um, that's actually something that um, the one of the chapters of the book talks about. Um, is is it hard? Are we hardwired or programmed? And we're not hardwired for anything. Hmm. We are programmed, though. 
Um, I mean, I guess we are hard, hardwired because of genetics, but our personalities, which is partially genetic, there is evidence that does say that, and there's good research on it. Uh, but a lot of this is programming, and you have programmed yourself to put yourself in today into a state of discomfort or fear and to maybe feel inferior to somebody. <laughs> And we were vibrational matches today. So that's cool. But matches? It, it didn't feel like a match. It felt re- like repelling. <laughs> well, the the gentle but obvious shoving that you were doing to yeah. me, that did feel repellent. Uh-huh. Um, so that's true. <laughs> it, well, it, it, seems, it seems as though uh, I don't have control over the vibrations that you perceive. So, like, I, I, how do I control those and how do I identify those? Well, meditation is a great place to start mm. because it's in, it's in two places in our lives where we stop that momentum from happening. It's meditation we, and sleeping. Meditation and sleeping. You got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I see you've been reading the book. Yes. It's very, it's a good read. <laughs> now, we do also know that medi- that, that momentum doesn't go away. It just stops. So, during those times, especially it, during meditation, that momentum will stop, but it can also pick back up. So that's also the time to acquire new momentum. Mm. Okay. Um, and to reprogram yourself to encounter more situations that feel good to you rather than unconsciously coming across situations where you feel inferior have someone breathing down your neck and unsafe. Right. Right. So uh, you also, uh, speaking of sleeping, you are also a, uh, I always forget how to pronounce it, an aeronaut. A aeronaut. A aeronaut, man. This is something that you can learn to do. An aeronaut practices aeronautics, which is the art of lucid dreaming, Ooh. which is another time where you can, in your sleep, control imp- control your thoughts, reset unwanted patterns, initiate and um, nurture wanted patterns, mm-hmm. and have fun. Because what everything boils down to is we just want to have fun. So I have a recurring dream, Tell right? me about a it. recurring lucid dream. And it's, it's always different, but it's always the same kind of theme where I am on stage and I don't know the words to a play that I'm in. Interesting. And I have to make it up or I have to read the script in my hand. So now, what, how do, how, what is that about? Do you, are you aware that you're dreaming when that happens? No. So this is awesome because now you have a springboard from which you can actually have a lucid dream. Ooh. So just by having this conversation... And by thinking about lucid dreaming will help get you into a state of lucidity because, and so will recurring dreams. Because now that we've identified that you tend to have this dream often, mm-hmm. you can introduce the opportunity for lucidity. Mm. So maybe tonight before you go to bed, you can think to yourself, I am at ease with the idea of becoming lucid if I have a dream where I'm on stage and forget the words, Mm -hmm. forget my lines. 
because I want to explore what happens and I think it will be fun and interesting and I'll feel safe. I think becoming lucid in that dream would be very interesting to me tonight. So when you're lucid dreaming, are you aware that you're sleeping? You are aware that you're sleeping. You're aware that you're in a state of dream. Yeah, you do. And then you can begin to influence the story Mm. and you can have fun. A lot of people have choose to have adult fun. Sex. They like sex. Yes. Yeah. Can I can I say fucking? You can say fu- well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> right. Uh Are you allowed to or your agent's going to get mad? No, I, I can say what I want mostly. I'll I'll find out later. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Got it. Um but you can also do other things. Um the Buddhist practice a method of lucid dreaming where they do yoga and meditate within their lucid dream. Oh, Um, that's boring as fuck. (laughs) But being on stage is super exciting in a a lucid dream because then you can become maybe the star of that show. Mm -hmm. You can be Shakespeare. You can make the audience love you. You can really feel what it feels like to be professional actor on stage yeah and to really have deep emotional connections you can uh act you can see what it's like to be a professional actor who's kind of washed up and uh, that's people right are coming to see it out of pity right who just came off of a bender mm-hmm. um and like charlie sheen character and people either want to laugh and point at them or maybe they are just pitying them and they want to show compassion or supportive yeah right friends and family F- family friends and foes mm-hmm so, uh, to get to, uh, we're getting we're nearing the uh, the close of the interview. Unfortunately, what are some uh, key tips that you would like to give people uh, on uh, the law of attraction and others? Right, I I'll say that one of the big things in being successful at the law of attraction, but it's also very simple, is just to show an interest in getting what you want mm. and being eager about it, but also at ease with with the timing of receiving it. And the second part to that is not to wait for it to happen and think when the time is right, it will happen. When that manifestation that I'm trying to create is ready, it'll come to me. But making yourself ready to be ready to receive that manifestation. So it's not ever, ever, ever the fault of the universe or of the creative process. That part will come to you because the universe will be always responsive to you. It's you who have to make yourself vibrationally ready to be ready to be in harmony with sharing the frequency of that which you desire. And one last question. Are the rumors true? Did you actually kill that store clerk in uh, Virginia? Um, I don't know how those rumors started. I will say that I did hang out with some bad people at a very short time part of my life but I didn't mm-hmm. think any of them were murderers um, so uh, I hopefully eventually that rumor will die I can say that no I did not kill anybody in Virginia or in any part of this beautiful world okay Michael you're gonna come to my beta cacao ceremony today and beta Bella. Ca- I'm beta testing a cacao ceremony what's cacao Oh, well, it's where we get together and we make a big production out of drinking hot cocoa <laughs> and we light some candles, sing, kind of chill. I don't know if I can eat hot cocoa on today. It's, it's like 85 <laughs> degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Michael. You're so crazy. Ow. You're hurting me. 
<laughs> oh, okay, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure to listen to Con- Complainer, guys. Bye. Is, here's I'll be fine, I hope. Ow! Oh, you're killing me. It doesn't Ow. hurt. Michael Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.
Yeah, woo, yeah, woo. Wow, that was great. <laughs>